the Forward Together podcast from Hollywood Trust with Paul Gosling and Jared Dean. Welcome to episode 12 of the Forward Together podcast. My name is Jared Dean and I'm joined as always by Paul Gosling. Paul, how's the form? Hi, Gerard. Good as usual. Good stuff. So this is a podcast produced by Hollywell Trust, a community relations organisation at the heart of Derry. And what we're trying to do is have a series of conversations focused on four key issues with a range of people. So the, the issues that we're looking at is increasing the civic voice, creating a more shared and integrated society, dealing with the past and the constitutional question. So four big issues. Um, so, Paul. This month, we, you rather, met with Fergus O'Dowd, TD. Absolutely, yes. And Fergus is an interesting man. He is a TD uh, based in Drogheda. He's Fine Gael, And he was appointed by Tishik Leo Varaka to lead a new Fine Gael group developing links with Northern Ireland and in Northern Ireland. So he has an interest in Northern Ireland, in addition to which he's a member of the Oireachtas Good Friday Implementation Committee, as indeed uh, Sen- Senator Francis Black is, mm. uh, who we interviewed in one of the previous podcasts. So, uh, so Fergus, yes, he's based in the south, but he's very interested in the north. And actually, I thought that the number of the things he said about political change in the south and what has gone on in the last few years was very interesting and very relevant for Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah I suppose one of the reflections of that change is the, the increasing use of citizens' assemblies and, and how the north can learn from the republic in that matter. Absolutely. And, and Fergus is very clear that uh, citizens' assemblies have been very useful indeed. And I think uh, the implication from what he's saying is that, yeah, with same-sex marriage, perhaps the politicians could have dealt with that. But in terms of reforming abortion legislation, it's very difficult to see how the political parties could have actually made those changes unless they had been given legitimacy by the citizen assembly process to do so. And one of the other points that Fergus makes is that, uh, of course, it was civil society in the first place that pushed politics to consider making changes, yeah. which then it was civil society that gave the legitimacy for those changes to, to take place. Okay. And as I mentioned at the top there, one of the, the things that we talk about is increasing the civic force. Interestingly, Fergus talks about the need for legislation to back that up as well. That's right. Uh, and he talks very much about the fact that you can't see citizens' assemblies in isolation because they mm. are connected to the legislative process. And he is very clear that the relationship in the South has been a constitutional change. So, yes, it's legislative, but it also involves constitutional change. Mm. And he instances that in the North, you know, perhaps the the big issue, the the constitutional future of Northern Ireland, the possibility of United Ireland, Mm. that is the type of thing that might be considered by a Citizens' Assembly in the North. Okay. It it touches on education as well, and the need to integrate society more through maybe integrating education, but it took, it was interesting the approach he took a talk to you looking at the education system yeah I mean this is one of the unfortunate things that we have in Ireland there's, there's a lack of understanding in much of the south about what happens in the north and there's a lack of understanding in the north about many of the interesting mm. changes that are happening in the south so we're aware of same sex marriage and abortion but what I don't think people are aware of is, is just how 
much the education system in the South has changed. I mean, one of the points that Fergus made is that, you know, the, there was a meeting in Drogheda where you had within the room 32 languages spoken in one room by people in terms of their first languages. Drogheda is a very multicultural society. Yeah. And as a result of that, the education system has changed to reflect that change in makeup of the population. And he makes the point that uh, at new schools, the parents ballot to decide what the structure, the relationship, how it relates to religion is going to be within that school. And, mm. you know, he's making the point that he is personally in a very favour of integrated education as a way of bringing society together. Yeah. And, and then before we hear from Fergus, he, he also talks about the past and maybe addressing some significant events of the past as a way to help us to move forward. Yeah, and he, he's not afraid, even though he's, you know, a Fine Gael TD in the South, he's not afraid to be critical of politicians in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And uh, he quite clearly was referencing Karen Bradley. We don't know how long she's now going to be Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, given the prime ministerial changes. But, I mean, you know, he, he was quite explicit that he feels that Karen Bradley's comments in the House of Commons recently were absolutely wrong in terms of the, you know, holding uh, soldiers to account for activities on Bloody Sunday. Mm. So he's not prepared, you know, he's not he's not uh, unprepared to make uh, criticisms of, uh, of the politics in the United Kingdom. And it's very clear that we need stronger leadership. OK, well, let's hear the, the interview with Fergus now. And it must be placed in a bit of context as well. The interview was carried out on the 15th of March, uh, which is the, the date of the attacks on the mosques in New Zealand as well, which will come up during the interview. So here's the interview with Fergus. Fergus, thank you very much indeed for doing this for us. Uh, let's head straight into this. Uh, how, in your opinion, should we strengthen civil society in ways that enables to make progress? Well, I suppose, first of all, it's representation of a collective view by having civil society in whatever way it's organised to have a, 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 you know, a pathway to, to access to decision makers, both political and administrative, so that policy issues which are key to them will be on the top of the agenda and that those meetings of the team should be at a very high level. So that means that you can articulate your views and ensure that they are being heard as to what the response will be. Obviously, that, you know, that could be debated post that event, you know, but to me, that, that's what makes sense. I mean, there's a big contrast between the North and the South in the sense that the Civic Forum in Northern Ireland failed, which no longer exists, even though it was in the Good Friday Agreement, whereas the Citizens' Assemblies have been widely uh, respected and recognised as having assisted the South to move forward. I mean, so what do you think we can learn in the North from that experience? Well, I think, obviously, there are significant differences in society, north to society in the south. There's a bigger religious divide, there's a more I suppose uh, there's a very difficult history in the past and indeed the difficult political presence in that there's no, you know they're not able to work together at this moment in time. So I suppose the big problem is that, that you don't have local political decision making, you don't have local the two major parties uh, interacting with each other in terms of an administration which is what the Good Friday Agreement was about. You know, there was the first strand. 
uh, was to have that executive and its absence uh, obviously is not good for for anybody not for the parties not for any civic society either so does that mean you think that without making political progress at party level it's difficult to see how something like a citizens assembly could work in the law well I, I think that uh, I think that uh, I would think yes I would I, I mean you don't have you don't have a you know like in our parliament right we all agreed in it and it happened it was funded it was supported we got key players in the community to commit to it in terms of time you know so that's what you need as well like and if you can get to that that path without having a working executive you know it makes it more difficult for you but obviously you could lead the change as well by having a forum and articulating a point of view which was common in society uh, to get the political system to listen to you but it's a huge it's a huge disadvantage I mean there's a perception that the reason why the civic forum didn't succeed is because the main political parties or some of them at least felt threatened by it so in a sense how does one make progress in having a civic voice if the political parties are concerned about that civic voice coming through? Well, I suppose the issue for me is that uh, if you're a nationalist your entitlement to your nationalist view is absolutely your entitlement and it's, it's, it's of equal status and of equal balance as to be and want to be and remain a unionist so and that can't change unless there's a vote of the majority in the north to agree to that change and demographic at this moment in time doesn't say that's going to happen anytime soon so the fear of change uh, when you're the fundamental issue I think is the that I see is between the two parties is that one looks to England the other looks to the island here so that shouldn't you know like you shouldn't be worried about interacting with communities if that guarantee is there to you know to you so I don't see why why they should be worried uh, because civic society articulates change as you, as you say here in the south it led our changes it gave a framework for change it gave it gave a, pa- a pathway to the parties that might necessarily Necessarily have embraced all of the ideas, felt that well, they must because this is the view of society and we must listen to it. So, I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. quite clear about an element of what you're saying there, which is sure, are you, are, you, are you believing, do you believe that we can't make civic society progress without unlocking the political deadlock in the first place? Well, the first thing about, about change is legisl- if change requires legislation, you must have the, you must have the tools to do that so if you want to make a legislative change like recognising mm. issues uh, you know that are no, I know some issues maybe remain to the UK Parliament as opposed to the Northern Executive so I can't I don't know the ins and outs of that but if you have the uh, if you have the the physical legislative framework in place and working it makes it much easier to say well look this is what we want and this is how you're going to do it and you know what's your timeline on that I would but, but that but that assumes that the purpose of a, a new civic framework would be on legislation rather well, than unlocking problems, for example. So, yeah. this, I mean, some sure, people suggested yeah. that we could have citizens' assemblies to deal with micro-problems, you know, yeah. problems around particular interfaces in a particular place, for example. I would even say about, uh, you know, gay rights, for instance, that's an issue. Uh, gay marriage is an issue. You know, there are lots of issues. I don't want to articulate them in a negative mm. sense, but... Uh, it, you know they do require legislative change, and they're in many cases, there are the issues people agita- agitated or uh, 
still progressed here in our society mm. and we've fundamentally changed absolutely we've become a completely different society because of you know the the the, I suppose the pressure put on the political system by a consensus and even on the issue of abortion which is a very fraught issue and everybody's entitled to the views on that uh, but we, we, we had you know we were led in that by our citizens assembly here so uh, so so I think it, so if you're talking about the constitutional issues uh, that the Good Friday Agreement uh, I think manages that in terms of your rights uh, the question of constitutional change the question which I hear from nationalists, the question how do you articulate uh, or bring into play the view of the the Secretary of State as to whether it was time to have a referendum on, on the United Ireland. That's a legitimate wish, just as much the Unionist uh, wish is also there. So like um, <clears throat> I mean if what, what could civic society change without you know having the having the actual legal or the sorry the the actual uh, vote on that I know it can inform society it can but I suppose in many ways in the past that um, men of goodwill and women of goodwill have got together on these issues but they, they you know they weren't they weren't listened to I suppose is that a fair point and um, but presumably I mean, you're obviously in a much better place than I am presumably the citizens assemblies <coughs> were established as a result of social pressure that was already coming through on government yes yes of course yeah. and, they, and they articulate in many ways you could say well we lost the citizens assembly you passed the parcel you passed mm. the problem and in ways that is actually what happened mm. because it was given to them and they articulated a profound change mm. and then we had to listen to it uh, if I'm a negative I have to say if you look at the problem yeah, <laughs> the glass <clears throat> been dark, um, but like the glass is full of light, really. When when it works, you know. And I mean, there are issues. Um, obviously, there are all sorts of social, political, economic issues. Like I suppose, ultimately, it's probably a point I can't understand. Is like if if. Um, if Northern Ireland, in terms of its economy, it has access to all of Europe and all of the United Kingdom, and I just don't understand why that isn't embraced. I mean, maybe I've, <laughs> maybe I've been, I'm, being, I'm not being facetious, but I, I, I find it very hard to understand why people wouldn't want that. Uh, and, and because there's no challenge to your fundamental unionism, there is no challenge to it. You, you retain that until, until it changes by vote of the people. So how do we, given where we are now, Sorry. how do we move towards having uh, a, a shared and more integrated society? In the north or in the south, I think, well, I suppose... But it, doesn't, uh, it yeah. also affects the border. Well, think, it's well, well, on yeah, both sure. sides of the border. Well, education is a key thing. I think that uh, we're moving in the south here from, like, a lot of the new... What's happening now is that the, if there's a new primary school wanted in an area because of population growth, it, the right is given to the parents to choose... To choose this school they want or they wanted to and then I might bid if I'm a Roman Catholic or if I'm a whatever religion I am or if I'm a, a community if I'm educate together so everybody bids and then the parents may have a vote on it in a process that's that's sacrosanct or it's it's away from the political system they express their views and they, they listen to and then you get the school that you want so I think I think I think that integration in education you know both 
both male and female and and on uh, regardless of one's religion to me that's a fundamental issue and I, I you know I think that as you continue or if you continue to have separate schools for separate religions I don't think that's a good thing personally I thought you know I, I think that integration means that you you go to the same school my view is always that you know you go to the school that's nearest to you <laughs> I suspect a lot of people in Northern Ireland don't understand the extent of changes in the schooling system in the south it's a huge change it's a huge change and it's very welcome because the views of the parents are the ones that count and everybody else I can bid for the school I can say what I would like to do if I'm a a religious Protestant Catholic whatever Uh, but the parents make the choice so I have to improve my bid and in fact what's happening is that primary schools are becoming much more you know they're becoming much more reflecting the changing society uh, and I think again I'm not making a judgment on Northern Ireland but I think I think that our society in the south is better for it there's better integration there's more awareness there's more you know like listening to the people today in New Zealand I was saying you know the articulation of the principles which we have here in our society I believe notwithstanding all our faults you know about inclusion you know about accepting uh, the rights of everybody to practice their beliefs you know to me that's coming across very strongly this very day because I, I just I like to hear that talk because it, it shows the putting aside all the evil that was brought about by that act and what made it happen in the minds of the people who perpetrated and how different it was from from their society. So I don't know what that, if that's... Uh, yeah, and, and of course, you know, just, just for the yeah. sake of listeners, we're talking on a day when the, yeah, the <coughs> terrible news has come through from Christchurch in New Zealand about the, the massacre in mosques there. And, I, and we're sitting here today in Drogheda and I must admit, walking around the streets here, sure. I was struck that that Drogheda, although it's not that far from the border, is right. very much more multicultural than well, even much. Belfast. I would you know, say anywhere that, else I've oh seen yeah. in, in the north. This is actually, I think, uh, the statistics show that County Loud has uh, has its its new immigrant population is twice what it is in most other counties, and is very much, very much. Uh, you know, we have we have everybody here. I was at a meeting there, a community meeting. There's a group here that, you know, assists and promotes integration. There was 32 different languages in the room on that day along mm. with the English that we're all speaking so there's huge so you have your own challenges of integration even though they're very different challenges we to have, those. No, they're, and, they're, and they're very welcome like we have in my office here we have everybody coming everybody's welcome we don't we don't obviously the same with every other politician but I think you know I think Drogheda it's a wonderful place because of that it's enriched it's it's a happier place we learn more we have you know you, you have to consider other points of view um, you know that's hugely important and other cultures uh, apart from languages you know you have eating you know look at all the different restaurants of all varieties under the sun here and you know it's really and obviously then the integration of 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 our newer citizens into our society is not saying it's seamless here but it is it seems to me to be you know it's that nobody nobody thinks twice about about it you know now, one of the big challenges we have going forward is how we deal with the past. Yes, and that's so. true, again, on both sides of the yeah. border, because yeah. there's all the other various events that have happened on the south as well as the north. I mean, how do you think we can deal with the past in ways that don't threaten the current? 
Well, I think the first thing is information and to, uh, education, I don't want to say in the formal word, but familiar, to familiarity with the reasons why people hold the positions they hold, understanding their, their background, understanding the historic energy just driving them to that point of view um, and and trying to integrate. Obviously, it's easy for me down here because we don't have the problem locally, but like, I mean, all of the parties here, we all talk to each other, you know, we're all, we're not saying we're all friends, but we're not all enemies. Um, and I suppose in many ways, the time warp uh, of the division between Protestant and Catholic, which is accented most in the north of the country, is a historical, uh, obviously, situation, and it's one which, you know, I think integration of schools, society, all meeting clubs, everybody working, everybody getting together, so that it doesn't matter ultimately what religion you are, or you know, we're all human beings. We're all a, and and how and how should we deal with the events of the past? Though? Well, I think the events, the events, even as we speak, are continuing with the the bloody Sunday. I mean, I was listening to those families. I I listened and I looked back over the papers. I lo- I read some of the, uh, you know, I, I read some of the evidence, and I just am horrified by it. You know, and I feel that some of the commentary uh, wasn't helpful from from the United Kingdom at a high level and indeed Secretary of State wasn't helpful uh, and I think that um, you know like you have a society where you get law but you don't get justice I think and if that makes sense you're not so I like I mean it's not for me to throw stones on anybody but um, I suppose uh, you know like I mean I've, I'm reading a book I've read my latest book I'm reading it one by William Pitt uh, William Pitt the Younger the Prime Minister and around the 1790s because I'm very interested in uh, the history of Northern Ireland, particularly the, the, the Presbyterian, the Church of the established Church then, and then the how 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 the French Revolution affected our society and its impact on our politics. And I've also just read a book on on Castle Ray, um, and uh, by Bew, I think B E W, and I, I found it. Um, you know, I'm trying to understand myself, trying to go into the history, try to. Understand understand um, <laughs> difficult as it may be uh, to, to try and appreciate what the other point of view might be because that that um, is the key problem isn't yeah. it there's a lack of objectivity you've got yeah. different versions both of history yes, and are. of what the word justice means for example yes, so yes, for some people the, uh, the word justice means whether you've got <coughs> a fair society today yes, for other yeah. people justice means recourse to the criminal justice system yes. and whether that can be achieved on an equal basis for yes, all yeah. communities Regardless. given we're dealing with things that happened 50 years ago often yes yeah and uh, there can be no clear objective analysis in a sense because you've got these disputes about what happened and whether yes, they were yeah. justified or not well, one of the points uh, I was reading today about the issue in relation to Bloody Sunday it wasn't that there isn't evidence it was that the evidence that the soldiers gave to I understand the military commission immediately after the awful events that they gave that evidence but they weren't uh, cautioned it wasn't in the proper judicial or quasi-judicial uh, evidence giving and therefore it can't be used in a court of law 
and therefore you can't produce that evidence and therefore you can't get justice because it, the truth is there but you can't use it but that's, the, that's and, the, and some of the soldiers yeah. have died so you can't yes, yeah, yeah, have justice yeah. there either. so how do you make sure that those people uh, you know who suffered that time and their families how do you give them justice you give them by giving them a, a society that works an administration that respects all sides that gets jobs that changes you know the perspective people but also have. how do you how you discuss the events of the past in ways that achieve reconciliation and, right. and moving forward well you have Glenn Cree obviously does a lot of work uh, but I think at the political level there must be more greater leadership there must be leadership from uh, I, I raised this today in my radio interview with RTE I tackled Sinn Féin on the fact that notwithstanding their, their decision not to go into UK Parliament that Brexit is such an important thing and the people of North have voted uh, by a majority to articulate Remain position that they should be going there uh, and it was another person there on the, on, the, on the actual interview today and they were saying that you know that if the Scottish nationalists can do it and if Plaid Cymru can do it I mean North, the nationalist voice has not been heard in the North uh, sorry in in the UK Parliament I think it's hugely important that it would be and and that would help I think you know but I mean it's obviously it probably won't happen but, I mean what the leadership, the leadership is not there. You should be strong enough to say, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, if they take the money, <laughs> you have to take the oath, I think, don't you? Uh, I, I, don't see, I don't see the principle involved there as uh, being absolutely sacrosanct. And the point that Sinn Féin make is that they say that they are Irish members of Parliament and the UK government is a government for the United Kingdom. But this decision is about all of Ireland. It's about all of our island and all all of Ireland so you know I think this this is a historic this is a hugely uh, this decision will have ramifications probably for hundreds of years for all we know so like it's 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 a it's the most crucial decision and of course we're talking about yeah. Brexit yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry we're talking about Brexit sorry yeah yeah, yeah I mean, sorry yeah excuse um, me yeah. but I think it's so important it's so important well yeah now it leads so much trouble like if it goes wrong you could have you could have returned to violence you'll have returned to division uh, you know, and I think it's why. It's, it, and then the whole island. I mean, I'm a nationalist, so the question, like I believe in in the United Ireland by consent. But like you know, if you can have like the whole idea of different tariffs for products moving up and down and all of that, it just doesn't make sense. We should all be together in a customs union or whatever that we can all say, yeah, let's let's work together. And you're you're yeah. a Fianna Gael politician, and I am, you're saying yes, yeah. that you're you are a committed nationalist. I mean, do you think that is the common view across Fianna Gael today? Um, well, it's, everybody is entitled to the view. I, I, I'm strongly of that belief for myself. But other people, like, that doesn't mean I believe in, in consent. I believe in working with unionist parties. I believe in cooperation. I believe in working with people to bring about change. You know, I get on well with my colleagues in other parties. Um, and I've, I obviously, um, you know, when I meet occasionally a member of the British Irish in the parliamentary, so I've met the union. I've met some of the unionists anyway uh, not too many of the DUP I would like to engage more with the DUP because I, I I need to understand their position better I've met I've met moderate unionists and I understand their position absolutely and respected I've met moderate nationalists so I just 
you know, I think we need to engage more in the south with with the majority party in the north, which is the DUP, and obviously that's 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 something that they don't necessarily. I'm not saying they don't necessarily want to do. I was chairman of the Fine Gael Brexit Group at one stage under our, our previous leader, Enda Kenny, and I wrote to all the leaders in the Northern t- um, Parliament at our deal, and I met them all. The only people that wouldn't meet me were the DUP. And I says, well, well you know, why not? You know, uh, so I'll have a go again now, and hopefully I'll I'll do a bit better. But it's just um, like we don't threaten, we don't threaten anybody. We want everybody. But this leads neatly uh, into our final question, which yeah. is how we have that constitutional question in ways yeah. that don't threaten people and don't yes, lead yeah. to future difficulties. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. Like I mean, I spent it, obviously I'm on the border county. I think it's clear that that the economy north and south have the same view. Farmers have the same view. They would be traditional DUP voters. Again, you're talking about Brexit. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, but uh, yeah, but I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about the economy. Like, mm. uh, like I mean, we can all agree, regardless of our politics, on the future of the economy, the future of jobs, the future for investment, north and south. So you're, you're saying that we can, we can we can move towards an all Ireland economy, one which is stronger <coughs> north and south, without it necessarily undermining the we constitutional framework. Without undermining it at all. No, 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 not at all. It doesn't need to undermine it at all because it's in in all our interests to do that and I think Northern Ireland needs uh, it needs more investment it needs more jobs and the problem is that it's in many cases a lot of the jobs are public service jobs excellent as the people are but like it's is it sustainable uh, that's the point you see and if it isn't how do you make it sustainable and you know Ultimately, down the road, the nationalists have to offer uh, the unionists, you know, uh, you know, to make them an offer they can't refuse. In terms of in the nicest you know, possible way, yeah, no, no, yeah, boy, of course, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that uh, to meet and respect and and understand all those points and don't change them, but can we work closer together? Can we do more things? And why can't we? So it's a it's a focus of yeah. the what you know the opportunities the positive opportunities are yes absolutely for everybody and everybody benefits and I mean you know like if there's a new factory either side of the border north and south will benefit you know if there's if there's more employment if you look at Newry and you look at Dundalk during the troubles they were really desperate places for unemployment youth unemployment up in 40% I think it was at one stage in Newry nationalist unemployment higher even than that so you know that change that changed with the peace. It changed with, with as the European Union. You know, we've you know, being part of Europe has been hugely beneficial for us. I know it's different what the UK may decide, but uh, but I'm just saying our our offering must be you know increased cooperation, increased investment uh, with no strings attached. Like you know, what can we do to what can we do to better all this? You know, that's that's I, I truthfully believe that. Okay, Paul. Uh, interesting conversation, as always, there with Fergus. Um, I'm interested to see about one of the topics that he talked about was the importance of everyone working together, regardless of background, uh, to move us forward here. Absolutely. And, and he's very clear that we, we need leadership. 
Um, mm. You know, the, 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 there's just this vacuum of leadership in Northern Ireland. And in a sense, you can say there's a vacuum of leadership across the whole of the United Kingdom. But uh, yeah, he, he, so firstly, he's very clear that we need to deal with the past. And, you know, he's saying that, uh, you know, one of the quotes I, I, I thought was really significant is that there's the risk that you have a society where you have law, but you don't have justice. I thought mm. that's a really powerful comment. And also that, you know, the justice for victims is giving them a society that works. Again, I thought that was a very powerful yeah, comment. Powerful. But he's, he, yeah, he's, you're quite right. He's very willing to criticise, in particular, Sinn Féin. Um, he, he's saying, you know, where is leadership? Um uh, and he's also saying, well, Sinn Féin, and of course this is very much his opinion, he's saying, well, Sinn Féin um, has an obligation to see things from an all-Ireland perspective in terms of its role in the House of Commons because Brexit specifically impacts the whole of Ireland just yeah. as it impacts the whole of the United Kingdom. So he feels, and you know, this is his view, not yeah. ours, his view, that you know, Sinn Féin has a moral obligation to sit in the House of Commons and to be involved in those conversations around Brexit. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting too that he talked about collaboration on economic matters shouldn't necessarily undermine constitutional framework and that we need more investment in jobs in this place. Absolutely. And and he gave an absolute clear plea to the DUP to engage with politicians in the South, you know, Mm. saying, well, you know, we all share this island. So whatever we think about the constitutional future of the island, there has to be conversations taking place. And Fianna Gael want to have conversations with the DUP. They're saying, please, you know, you haven't engaged with us. You've refused to engage with us. But we need that. We want that. Mm. And I think that, you know, this is perhaps not party political to say that. I mean, I'm sure that people across the whole of Ireland would like the the two jurisdictions as they currently are within the island of Ireland to be working together to cooperate and engage with each other. So that's it for our 12th conversation. Thanks to Fergus for taking the time to meet with us and to Emer Doherty for production support. Look out for future episodes wherever you get your podcast and thanks for listening. The Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland supports this podcast through its media grant scheme and core funding programme.